Joining me today on the program is one of my favorite people to follow on Facebook. I absolutely love the way that this gentleman explains things, the way he puts things, and just the um, concise nature of understanding of this operation of the spirit realm. He is a healing deliverance minister just operating in the kingdom out in Oceanside, California. Joining me on the phone today, Steve Harmon. Steve, welcome. How are you, my bro? I'm good. Glad to be here. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And um, you are a guy that has a lot of experience in dealing with Oh, edgier things. And we've talked to you on the Heal the Sick podcast about your work with deliverance and uh, working in the spirit realm. And in your time of doing this ministry, you've had some experiences, you've seen things, and you've seen Holy Ghost manifestations. And we hear that word tossed around a lot, and it means sometimes different things to different people. So if I were to say to you, if I were maybe a new believer and I said, what is this whole Holy Ghost manifestation spirit realm thing? Walk me through it from the beginning. What can you tell us? When the, well, number one, the we believe in a supernatural God, so we should be seeing things happen supernaturally. I think a lot of times in the Christian world, anything that's supernatural is of the demonic realm. Instantly, that's where people's minds go. And they'll think satanic, you know, uh, angel in dis- or demon in, you know, in disguise as an angel of light. And and so a lot of people will back off from this area. There, there's a lot of fear, apprehension from it, and it's it's just something that the church has left off, and we've we've given it over. But that's just not the case. Uh, it, what it's supposed to be. Uh, you look at the Bible. The Bible is extremely supernatural. The Bible is uh, atheists like the Bible, and they're gonna they're gonna make fun of you because the Bible is looks like it's full of, of a bunch of fairy tales, and uh, we try to make it very rational, but I mean, how do you really make it rational when you have Jesus sitting around the throne with four living creatures, one with the head of an ox, lion, eagle, and a man, and they have feathers all over their body with eyeballs looking at them, saying, holy, 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 he's the Lord of hosts. It's something out of the Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, and we say, oh, that's just normal. Well, <laughs> well, it should be normal, but the reality is, is that when we, we can't, we can, we can say that that's acceptable, but when it really happens in real life. Something of the miraculous happens in real life. We, we get, we tend to get fearful and scared over that. And, uh, that's, that, that, that's not what God wants. God wants you to enter into his world and he wants believers to go there. If you're going to beat a supernatural devil, you got to use supernatural power, which means you got to be open to the supernatural lifestyle of God. That's, I mean, he's the one that created it, the supernatural. It wasn't the devil. And, and the more we begin to understand how this operates, how this works, we take the dominion that we that we're supposed to have on the planet, and we could, you know, defeat the enemy in the, in a way. We you're not going to be able to vote the devil out of office, or uh, vote the devil out of out of uh, you know your country or whatever. You got to you got to use God, His power, to do it. And and there's so many dynamics of the kingdom realm that we have available to us. Um, God just wants us to explore it, work in it, operate it, know how to use it so we can use it effectively in so many ways. And, uh, and it's not all about just business, taking the enemy. Some of it's just for pleasure and it's okay. We've been taught that a lot, that pleasure is, is, is almost like, again, something of the devil. You're not supposed to laugh in church. You're not supposed to be on the ground rolling around having fun. You got to be serious because God's serious, because that's the projection that people have about God. 
uh, when, when they perceive him. And, and so when they see somebody in church and they're, and, and it, and it looks chaotic, you know, they're laughing or they're, they're, they're shaking or something. They go, Oh, that can't be of God because the God I know would never do that. That's weird. And uh, again, it's, it's a, it's a projection of what they've been taught God to be like. And since they don't see it in their church, it's not acceptable in their church. They're already going to judge that. You know, we're going to pass judgment and say, Oh, okay, that God would never do anything like that. Just like if, if somebody came to you in a, a donkey came up and it started talking to you, or somebody said that a donkey talked to them and told them about Jesus, you'd say, no, you need to go check yourself into a clinic. But we know that that happened in scripture. We know that God talked through a donkey and he talked through a bush to some people to communicate a message because that's what God is like. He's different. He is not an American. (laughs) You know, he, he's, he's so different then our Western culture mindset, but we again try to project our culture, our mindsets and the way we think onto God. So when we have a meeting and the meeting's getting all chaotic and the meeting is not looking like the typical meeting that we're used to seeing, we we will uh we'll pass judgment and we'll you know we'll close it down. Uh, because it's like no God would never do that. And I don't know um, how much you uh, maybe probably do know a lot about the Jesus movement where uh, back in the day, uh, Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee, they moved to power and great signs and wonders and uh, you know people were getting healed. And, and when you'd go to the meetings in Costa Mesa, you would see that the people, uh, people would get slain in the spirit. They would go down under the power. They'd get hit and there'd be, speaking in tongues, they'd be doing a lot of things and people would be just taken up into the glory. I mean, it, it, it went on for a long time like that. And then it just got shut down. Why? Because it just gets, people don't like, uh, we're, so, I guess we're such a culture that's used to a certain version of order. And sometimes there, that's, we need an, an environment like that. Of course, you, if you're going to be taught, you need to concentrate. You need to be able to have a, an environment where there's less distraction and you can focus. But sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes the focus, God wants to invade and he wants to show up physically and he wants people to see it and experience it because there's so much that will happen because of that in that realm. And I remember one time uh, I was praying for somebody and they were physically feeling um, like a, like a, like a minor form of electricity coming off my hands when I pray for them and get a little worried and freaked out. And I said, it's okay. You know, if, if that's all you want to feel, it's okay. Um, but it's up to you how much you want. And so she's like, okay, I'll think about it. And two weeks later she came back and she said, you know, I want, I want more. I want, I want to experience God more. And I'm like, all right. So I prayed for her, put my hand on her. And all of a sudden, uh, she, her legs buckled and she kind of, you know, fell or just, her legs dropped and she kind of sat on the couch real quick. And then she stood back up and I touched her again. And she went down on the ground and she started, she started flopping on the ground like a fish out of water. And it went on for about, for about 10 minutes straight on the floor, just going on. And I remember her friends watching it. She's freaked out. She's scared. I'm laughing because I know everything's okay. But from her perspective, (laughs) from her perspective, she's like, oh my gosh, she's going to hurt herself. It looks like a seizure, a full grand mal seizure. 
And, you know, she's getting scared. And, and, and after she calmed down, she's just out on the floor, completely unconscious. And I remember just telling her friend, you know, what it was and what was happening. God touched her. And then she gets back up. And then I, I asked, uh, she's, she's wiping all the makeup off of her face. You know, she's all sweating and everything. She gets up and I, and I go, so how, how, how did it go? And she's like, felt like Jesus was tickling me all over. And, and that was her experience is that she, there's people, a lot of times people will look back and they'll judge those things and they'll judge it because they're looking at it from a perspective of ignorance and from their, their world. It's, like I like I was explaining earlier, it it doesn't seem like it has any value to it. But a lot of times, those people who are judging never ask the person what they experienced and what it's doing for them. They just sit back and make a judgment call, and they have no clue what's going on. And it just because they're, they're they're an observer, and and most people there's so many things going on. One time I was praying for this lady, and she went down, and she was. It happened around nine o'clock at night and it, uh, it, when she went down and she was out, she was out for, uh, six hours. She, we, we put her on the couch and she woke up like at three in the morning and she had some visions. Jesus was showing her things. And one of the things that she saw in the vision was she saw Jesus standing over her, like with an operating mask on and he basically was doing stuff over her stomach, like pulling stuff out of her. Just all that she could see, like, you know, stuff that shouldn't be there, demonic stuff. And she's just you know, pulling all this junk out of her. And it was like so healing for her emotional in that moment. God was just doing so many, some really cool things. Um, another good incident was a, a friend, a teacher that I had in, uh, in my Bible college years back. He pastored a church and was a he had a, he had an issue with depression and anger, and he'd had it for many years. He'd gone to uh, um, he'd gone to uh, a counselor. He's had you know medication, all this stuff. Nothing worked over the years, and he remembers going to a church. Uh, you may know the uh, um, Harvest Rock in Pasadena, Shion's church, and he went out there and he he's watching everything go on and there's people on the floor. They're laughing. There's some people making weird noises, some people shaking and he's looking at, he's like, look at all these people. He's just like, I can't believe this chaos going on. And he's just watching everything and, you know, just making judgments again. You know, this is not of God. This is all either all flesh or it's of the devil or whatever. And, and so he's watching it, but in the back of his mind, he's thinking in his head, you know, these people look stupid. They look weird, whatever, but they're happy. At least what I can see, they're happy. They're in a, they look much more happier than I am right now in my current state. And I'm a Christian and I've been a pastor all these years and I've been doing the right thing, what I'm supposed to do, whatever. And they are in a better state than I am. And I, that cannot be denied. So that really affected him. He went back to his church. He'd been thinking about it all week. And, and that, that day, he, he was in church, and it was like during worship, and he felt like the Lord said to him, uh, I want you to get up there and dance. And he's like, yeah, right, yeah. 
but he's thinking about it, thinking about it. Like, why would this Lord tell me to do that? Well, he, he gets up on stage and he says to the congregation, he says, I felt like the Lord wanted, he told me to, to dance. I don't know why, but that's what I felt he said to do. And I'm just going to do it. And everybody's kind of looking around like, what? He jumps in the air. And the moment he hits the ground, boom, all the anger flushed out of him like a toilet. And he felt it. And all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord started to hit him. He started dancing around like a maniac. Everybody's looking at him like he's, he's nuts. And he's just like, he couldn't stop jumping around. And he's like, whoa, you know, just dancing. And then he went back to that church. And he's like, Lord, okay, if there's more out there that you have that I don't understand, and I know this looks weird, God. I know this just doesn't seem right, but whatever. I'm just, uh, you said we can have life. We're supposed to have life and life abundantly. Our joy is to be made full. There'd be rivers of living water flowing out of us. Out of us. And we, and I, and I, I've, I've been in a state of depression. I've seen so many believers in the same place. There's got to be something more out there, something I'm missing. And he just said, all right. And he said, Lord, I'm all in it. And then the Lord, Holy Spirit hit him and he just went down on the ground and uh, he started laughing and he couldn't stop laughing. And he, he was just, joy of the Lord was coming out. Joy <laughs> of the Lord was coming out. Yeah. And so he'd, he'd, he'd been touched in such a powerful way. I have also have another friend who, very depressed, kind of legalistic guy. And he, uh, I remember when I first met him, he was, he was a type he would sit on a street corner with a, with a box over or one of those flat board boxes on both sides with a rope going over the shoulder. And he said, repent to the end of the world. <laughs> near. Well, he'd be, yep. <laughs> he'd be like one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And during worship, he'd be completely freaked out or no, he, he, he would just sit there. He would grumble. He wouldn't even worship. He'd just look around, probably read his Bible. You know, you could, he wasn't a happy person. And I remember we told him, hey, there's this guy coming and he's going to be doing this meeting and, you know, he's a traveling, you know, guy who works in the Holy Ghost and he's like, oh, I'll come. Just kind of like prod it and whatever. And so we get up there and, and we're watching it and the guys, you know, get words of knowledge, calling out healings. And then my friend, I go, I said to him, I go, what do you think? He go, he's probing. He's trying to like make up certain things, you know, so I could see my friend's not having it. He's, he's really irritated. And at the very end, the guy says, like an altar call and nobody goes up. And then I see my friend get up and go to the front. And I'm like, going, Oh no, he's going to try to expose him or something like you're a false prophet, you know, <laughs> oh, and, no. and, and I'm waiting for this. altercation. <laughs> so my friend goes up there and he, he's in front of him and he says, it sounds like he's starting to, um, to uh, confess sin or something like that. And I'm like, going, what, what's going on? And all of a sudden the guy just looks at him and touches him on the forehead. And I mean, he, he, he didn't touch him hard, just touch him on the forehead. His legs buckled and he just went out on the ground and he was out and he was just down. And then he gets uh, back up five minutes later, he comes over and he's like limp, not limping. He's kind of like, 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 <laughs> I don't know. He's, you could tell he was, he wasn't walking normal. <laughs> And he gets back, he sits in the chair and he's just like sitting back on the chair and he's, and he's, he's got very relaxed look over his face. And, and I said, how, how are you? He says, uh, I feel like I'm on E ecstasy because he used to take drugs. And 
And, <laughs> and I'm like, wow. So he was so, he could hardly stand. I had to drive his car home that night. And, and he worshiped for the first time I'd ever heard him wow. worship. My, no, my redeemer lives. And he's so out of tune. He didn't care what anybody thought. He was so on fire for Jesus. <laughs> and, and so he goes home and I knew when he'd go home, his parents were going to try to cast a demon out of him. And the Lord said, pray against that. And I was lazy and I didn't do that because I knew that that's what they do when he, when he tells it that. So they go home, they do exactly what I knew they were going to do. And they try to cast a demon out of him, and he's confused now because he's been under the tutelage of his parents his entire life. So now he's conflicted with this experience he had and with what his parents have always put in his mind. And so I'd argued with him for about a month over this issue. And he's like, I don't know. He's kind of flipped back and forth. Well, one day we were having a little worship thing, me and him and another guy. And I remember I had my guitar, and I was standing, and I was getting ready to to do uh, a song. And... And he was kind of making fun of the experience that he had. And then I looked at him, I go, so-and-so. I said, hey, God's going to get you. He's going to get you. And I kind of like smiled and winked at him. And he kind of looks at me with a little grin, like, yeah, right. (laughs) Well, 10 minutes into it, he gets up and I can see his hands are trembling. His hands are shaking. He comes over to me, he puts his hands on me. He starts to try to pray. And then he goes over to uh, my other friend, starts praying over him. And he he looks back at me and he says, Hey, Steve, can you slay yourself in the spirit? And then he just falls back and he's down. Nobody touched it. He, the, the Holy spirit just got him and he could not get back up. And his life changed after that. And his whole world was different. And uh, let me just jump in yeah. for a second. Cause I want to kind of, the question I guess I have for you is this, is that, you know, there's, there's all these amazing moves of the Holy spirit, all these different um, manifestations and things are happening all over the world. Now, you know, some of these things, of course, we can we can have the discussions and we can kind of go back and forth on them. But it's very hard to doubt the fact that something is going on right now, more so than I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I guess the, the first question I have with all this is, is that let's say there's someone listening who's maybe a newer Christian, but is really open for this, ready to do this. How does one actually start operating in this? What? I guess the question then becomes is, is that, I, you know, you always hear all this cool stuff happening, but, you know, a lot of times people don't tell you how to do it. So in your experience and with this stuff that you've seen, how are people physically, literally starting to engage the spirit and operate in these things? What what are the steps? Uh, yeah, first and foremost, the fear has to be put down. And that's usually the apprehension that comes along with most Christians when they see this. They'll, they'll see it, and they've already kind of been pre-programmed in their mind that anything like this is already up the devil. And so, so they're already, their guard is already up, and their walls are already up. And, and, and most of the time, you're not going to necessarily get touched if you got that wall up. Now, there have been times where the wall's been up, and I, I've, I've seen scenarios where that it still happened anyways. But but overall, the the thing is, is that God, he he wants he, he wants us to to delve into the supernatural. And, and and a while back, the Lord had showed me how to bring people into the supernatural was usually little by little. It was kind of like He showed me a cold pool, and you lead them, or if you try to push them into the deep end, they'll jump out real quick because it's freezing. But if you take them into the uh, the shallow end, and they'll get 
go at their ankles. They'll get used to it, and they'll go at their knees. Up to their knees, they'll be used to it. And so they kind of go under. And that's usually the issue issues with Westerners is that they have a lot of apprehension towards stuff like this because we've the way we've been taught in our culture. And so, um, first and foremost, that 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 fear needs to we need to trust God. A person needs to come into this and say, okay, Lord, I know you've done weird things in the scripture. I, I know you are the God of miracles, and I know that the miracles haven't died today, um, and this is your will. And, um, and, and so, Father, I, you know, no matter how weird it can be, I want all of you, if this is really you, I want to be open to it. And, and I'm going to trust that if I, if I expose myself to this, that I'm going to be safe, even if it scares me, even if it's weird, you know, and I, and that's, that's the thing that has to get out of the way of the person. They have to be, they have to be willing to trust God that this is something that's just not going to be, uh, somewhere they just walk in and all of a sudden they get a demon just jumps on them like that. That's what, that's kind of the, the fear. That's really a fear from the demonic. The demonic does not want Christians to move this way, but demonic would love us to say, to stay Christians who are just normal, natural, where we don't really believe in this stuff. Like part of the reason when I do deliverance, I will want a demon to manifest out of the person because I want the person to, to experience a supernatural realm that it's real because yes, yes, we all believed, you know, intellectually that angels, demons, and God exists, but most Westerners have not really in, experienced it. And it's kind of along the lines of, I remember telling, um, talking in this church and I said, Hey, who here all believe that God, believe, God can do whatever he wants. God can do anything. And everybody goes, yay, we do. And and I told tell them this miracle that had happened that was a really crazy miracle, and they all go, their jaws hit the floor, and they're just like, what? And I said, you guys said you believe that God can do anything. Why are you so shocked? I go, the reason why you're shocked is because you don't believe. You you there's a part of you that does, but there's a part of you that's in unbelief, and and that's the state of most Christians. So when, so when it, like a demon manifests out of somebody's, I, people go, what is this? What is this? I go, you've read your Bible a million times, right? How many times have you read it? And, and Jesus talks about there are demons. I mean, and we, the pastor gets up there and talks about it speaking. I go, that's what we're doing with. It's real. And, and a lot of people, um, you know, don't believe it until it actually really happens. And, and, it, and it just, it puts them in touch with their unbelief that they didn't believe they ever had. And, uh, I remember one lady, same thing, it was coming up and I, and I just said to her, I go, well, you know, you just took the blue pill, uh, from the matrix. You know, the matrix is about this world where people are living in a computer program. It's all fictitious. And the real reality is with these robots that are going in and putting every human being in this state where they're seeing a fictitious world. So they can harvest the energy off of their body. Well, the character played by um, uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, he sees this stuff going on. He 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 takes the pill and he sees the full reality that, of what is happening. And he's like, going, oh my gosh, the world I was living in is not the real world. This is the real world. 
Like the world of the supernatural is the real world, but because we don't see it with our physical eyes, we don't hear it with our ears and, and touch it, we, we have a great amount of unbelief towards it until you start seeing it. And so that's why people, when they see these manifestations up front, already have a guard up. And they're just like, no, 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 that's weird because I don't know anything about it. But as, as to your question, uh, that they have to trust God and just say, you are a supernatural God. This Bible is full of miracles, signs and wonders, all these things. I need to be the one to change. I need to, need to quit trying to change my re, uh, reality of what I know God to be about to make me comfortable. I need to accept what he has. So, In terms of... Um, for example, taking that a step further with practical exercises, for instance, um, what I have found is that, you know, everything in the kingdom is a progression. It starts like a mustard seed and it grows up into something big. So it's got to start somewhere and you never forsake small beginnings. Um, so I've heard so many different stories, so many different people. And what makes it difficult, I think, is because each of us, you know, we're, we're individuals, we're kind of our own personalities and, uh, you know, you have to do what works for you. What may work for you in deliverance may not work for me with deliverance, mm-hmm. and that's that's totally fine. That's just how we're wired. Um, but I've heard people say things like, oh, well, you have to worship for days on end before you'll see something, or have to fast for however many days, or pray in the Spirit 30 days straight. And then is there a practical step in that sense? Like, because then I think to myself, okay, well, now is it a workspace thing? Because you know, it, mm-hmm. it's like I kind of go back and forth. I'm not sure what to make of any of this sometimes. Mm-hmm. So what, what can you speak to about that? Yeah, well, sometimes what they're doing, they're taking situations that work and they're applying it into a general sense of how they think it should work. So if, they're like, if they did deliverance in a certain way, then they're going to go, well, this is how I, I saw freedom and how it worked for three on three occasions. So this must be the way it's supposed to work in, in all the other circumstances. And that's just not true. And just like in the world of healing, you look at Jesus, Jesus didn't heal the same way every time. And he didn't do it not because like some people would say, Jesus did it different ways at times because he didn't want you to get stuck into a method because he wanted you to trust God. That's not the reason. It's just because if you understand the dynamics of the, the kingdom realm, certain things needed to go that way. Sometimes you do need to do deliverance to get the person healed. Sometimes you need to use authority for power to get the person healed. Sometimes the way that the power is going to come will be through a prophetic act, and which is why Jesus would have them do it, because something that they needed to do on their end to break the power of the enemy needed to be incorporated. So Jesus knew what needed to be done. Sometimes he did the same thing to get uh, another person free. So he did, he did uh, use the same methods on certain occasions. Um, so he wasn't doing the, uh, a different thing every single time. He just knew what needed to be done. Um, like when he talked about you know, praying and fasting or worshiping, there's – like praying and fasting, it's not an issue that we're trying to get God to do something. We're not like trying to get God to notice us. It, that is a whole issue based off of your soul. You're, you're basically putting your soul in submission. And the more your soul is in submission, the more your spirit man is in control. And the more your spirit man is in control, the more you're going to be able to hear from God clearly. You're going to have less interference. And so you're going to be able to do things, the, the right things that you're going to need to do without really having to think about it because there's just going to be a clear connection. That's why people will fast in other religions. And, 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 and it really helps them because... 
it's it, like I said, it's not this thing about trying to get God to do something. It's about actually trying to suppress the soul part of you that gets in the way. And so when you put that down, you put that in submission, your spirit man is in, it has more of a dominating control and you have less interference. You have, there's even more power that will begin to flow at times. Um, so I tell people, if you're ever going to do something like that, it's, it's, it's for you. It's not that you're trying to get God to do, to, to move. He was already moved 2000 years ago. Uh, like worship, the, the dynamic of worship. Sometimes I've had to worship when I've done deliverance because I was having too much struggle with the demonic. Like I took authority over it and nothing was working uh, on certain cases that were really high level stuff. And I'd worship and, and the worship would bring, it would actually suppress the demonic in the room. And because when I worship, there's power of life and death in your tongue. So when you project something, I'm creating an atmosphere in the room because I carry an atmosphere within me. So when I start worshiping, all of a sudden, it's almost like, like you take an aerosol can and you start spraying it and you hold that thing down. And the longer you hold that, like a potpourri, the longer you hold that thing down, the more concentrated the smell is going to be in the room. So you walk in there, it's a real strong smell. It's just like what your worship does. So when you have a group of people who are worshiping in an entire room and they're really worshiping from their heart, you can walk in an environment and you can feel the presence of God. Sometimes people will get healed in that without any people laying on their hands. They'll have supernatural encounters. Why? Because the group created that environment. It wasn't that they called in God and God goes, oh, I just really, this is, I'll show up because you guys done done enough worship. We're creating the atmosphere because that we're releasing Holy Spirit out of us when we do that. That's why the angelic will show up in those rooms a lot of times when you're really worshiping and they'll start doing stuff because they, they, they love what we carry because it's the Holy Spirit. And they submit. You see, when a, an angel submits to you, it's submitting to the power in you. It's not submitting to you as a person. It's submitting to the authority of Christ living in you. And so... They know that you're a carrier of it. And when you start releasing it, you, you change the environment of the room. Like Smith Wigglesworth, he'd walk into a room and he says, if, if God wasn't moving, I'll move him. And he, was, he wasn't trying to be arrogant with that. He just knew how the dynamic of the kingdom worked, that we control it, that God did put the control in our hand, the power in our hands to do these things. And when we don't do it, nothing happens. When we do do something, something happens. Because he gave it to us. And so it's like uh, when, when it comes to going more into the spirit realm, you can't affect it by you pressing into it. And not uh, some people will get it a lot easier than others. Like uh, I remember my, my friend's wife, she got saved and instantly she started feeling, she started uh, having spiritual encounters just right off the bat. Some people, and this is my opinion, some people I believe that have it like that, you, and it's not always, there's always the exception to the rule, but what I've seen is that people who have been extremely wounded and have had a lot of stuff in their past, they're going to tend to need more of God's physical presence because God needs to do a lot of healing, and, and there's a lot of healing in, in physical touch. So they're going to experience more of that up front without anybody having to press into it to do it. And, and, and so it'll just come to them real naturally. 
uh, you just pray over them. I mean, you can just walk by them and they're just going to get hit because there's some of them are just so sensitive, and especially in the beginning when God's really starting to heal a lot of them, a lot of the stuff in them. Um, but, um, if, if, if God, if you're not necessarily feeling like for me, I didn't feel any God's presence for about 10 years. Nothing. I pray for people. They go down, they get hit with the power. I would feel nothing. And I was, I kept praying and asking God, I want to feel it. I want to feel it. And I wouldn't feel anything. And then I just got to a point where I'm going, you know what? It's okay. I'll just enjoy praying over people and letting them get it, you know? So I just started having fun with that and just being content. And then I remember one day I was over at my buddy's house and he's a laugher in the spirit. He just, he, he, when he, the Holy Spirit really gets strong, um, the atmosphere really gets strong in the room. He, he just starts, he lays on the floor and just starts laughing. Can't stop laughing. Well, he, I'm next to him. He puts his hand on me and he's just laughing, just laughing, laughing, laughing. And I didn't feel anything. Nothing happened. And then two days later, I come out of the shower, and as I'm stepping out of the shower, I just feel this wave hit me, like that. And I'm like, "Whoa!" And I needed to lay down and 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 on the bed, and I could not get up. And then I go over and I uh, go into the room. I finally make it off off the bed because I felt like I just wanted to lay there forever. And I see my girlfriend, she's sitting on the couch and I just said, Hey, this man, the spirit's all over me. And then she looked at me and she starts laughing because it jumps on her and I didn't touch her just by making that word. Um, and, 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 and from that point on, I, 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 I could, I learned how to be able to enter into that state. And it was the more, the more I started coming into a restful place where I wouldn't, let my mind go a hundred miles an hour. Now, if I, if like to me, rest is it's, it's the absence of worry, anxiety, and fear. So if you can get your mind to be under control where it's not going, going, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got, you know, all this stuff. And it's in, it's in its own control. When you have control over your mind, keeping it from doing that, you, you tend to go in a place where either you can hear God or you can sense God a whole lot easier, and and it's a and it's a practice. It's a it's a, it's something you have to practice doing to get into that state. And I've done it over the years, and the more I've done it, the better I've got at coming into a place of peace. And I hear God so much easier, um, and I can feel His presence a whole lot easier when I'm in that state. That may, may not be the same for other people. Like I said, there's the exception to the rule. Um, like people who, who God will just show up on them right away, even if they have anxiety or fear, or whatever, God will just do that. Um, but those are the only reasons that I can see, um, of how some of this stuff starts to come on. And number one, you typically do have to be open to it because God doesn't want to necessarily give you something that you're afraid of and fearful of, um, necessarily. There's again the exception to the rule, but I'm just you can't really have these de- definitive statements when it comes to these things. Um, you just you can see where the consensus leads on certain issues, um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's just a lot to it, and uh, I, God does want us to feel His presence. I really believe that, um, and uh, sometimes like Graham Cook, he really puts it right. Uh, he says that there's sometimes God has you in a stage where he doesn't want you to physically feel him. And then sometimes it, when you're in that place, he wants you to hear him. He wants you to actually get revelation. So 
it doesn't mean you can't get revelation when you physically feel them, but you can get a lot more revelation when you're in that place of, of what he calls uh, stillness or um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, hiddenness. He calls it hiddenness. God's hiding. He's, he's meaning hiding his physical manifestations from you. He's right next to you completely as close as, as, as he is with a person who's shaking on the ground. He's just as close to you. It's just that he wants you to be able to sense him without any indicators. So, so he can connect with your mind because he's to speak to you. So in that environment, say if there's a lot of people where the, the Holy Ghost is moving in this environment, people are shaking and laughing on the ground, and you're not feeling anything, the opportunity to receive revelation in that environment is a lot greater for you in that moment. Not to say that you're never going to get it. I mean, I get revelation all the time, different times. But there's things that you can get in that environment that you wouldn't be able to always get on your own sometimes because it releases it. You have less demonic uh, interference that would be holding back some of that revelation from coming. And so it would just be like a more of a clear a gateway to to get that. So a lot of times just get a journal out and start writing down what God is showing you when everybody's on the ground laughing, doing whatever, huh. or yeah. just join in, get lay hands on people and get them <laughs> drunk. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's, uh, we, we had one of our ministry meetings a couple months back and I was, uh, finished what I was teaching on and people were just sitting around talking. And, uh, one of the people was explaining to someone else, something, one, one of these weird manifestations of the kingdom. And this woman responds, that doesn't make any sense. And I don't know what prompted me. I just kind of like perked right up and said, nothing in this kingdom makes sense. Yeah. And you know what? It's the truth. As soon as you think you got something figured out, it opens up like a hundred new questions that are just as difficult. And it's like, really? <laughs> so, yeah. so it's one of those things where it's like, resign yourself now that nothing in this kingdom makes any sense. It just doesn't. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. why. It, I guess it's, you know, God doesn't want you to rely on your logical mind for stuff. It's just, it's just one of those things, I suppose. Well, yeah, well, he, he, not, Revelation starts coming. I mean, there, there are things that didn't make sense that start to make sense and have made sense and, and actually get more confirmation and clarity. It's just the way he does it. He starts out giving you the experience before you get the understanding. We're used to getting the understanding first in the experience. But God does it right, differently. Right. And, and he does it because he just says, just trust me. Just like I was saying, people, if you're apprehensive and fearful, oh my gosh, Trust him. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Just, even though it's weird and it looks crazy, just trust him. You're going to be safe. Yeah. That's part of the issue. Yeah. Everything in the kingdom's backwards, too. No, yeah, it is. <laughs> you want to it be is. first, you got to be least. You know, everything's just reverse. It's just a thing. Yeah. Steve, it's been so awesome talking to you today. I love this topic. I love stuff like this. And uh, if any of our listeners would like to catch up with you or maybe email you, contact you, do you have any uh, websites, Facebook, email you can share with us? Yeah, just the Facebook. Uh, you just type in Steve, S-T-E-V-E, Peace Harmon, H-A-R-M-O-N, Steve Peace Harmon, and you can find me on Facebook just like that if you just type it in. So, yeah. Yeah, and then listeners, I'll put a, a link in the show notes as well to uh, to Steve's Facebook if you want to contact him. And if you have any trouble, just let us know, and we will track him down for you. We'll, we'll, we'll trans-relocate in the spirit. We'll just find you and call you back. So <laughs> that's how we'll do that.